Good morning, church. Would you stand to your feet? Come on, let's sing together today. Something about makes my heart come alive. Suddenly brought to life when I met you. Come on, put your hands together. Reaching beyond the skies, running deep, searching wide. Perfect love realized, here with you. Come on, we sing this love. Love's love is for real, you will never let go, never let go. Oh, it's more than just words, love beyond my control.
as I was thinking about the words that we would be singing this morning throughout this week, the concept of grace just kept coming back to my mind. I just felt like it was something that we needed to hear this morning. I know a lot of times we hear the words of amazing grace and it can get old and we forget what it means. This morning, I just wanna take a moment for us to reflect on the power of the cross and that amazing grace. It's not because we've earned it. It's not because we're good enough. The Bible says in Romans that while we were still sinners, Christ came and died for us. And this morning, I have a verse from 1 Chronicles 16. And in it, David says, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all of his wonderful acts and let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. So this morning, as we reflect on this amazing grace, yeah, go ahead. Jesus. So this morning, as we reflect on this amazing grace, I don't know about you, but my natural response is to just go to a posture of worship. So this morning, as we enter back in, I just wanna challenge all of us to take inventory of our hearts just reflect on what the Lord has done for us. Come on, let's sing this together today. today. Before we move on, would you take a moment and step out from your seat? Welcome the people around you to church today.
morning, church. Man, what an awesome presence is in this place. And we are so glad that you have come to worship with us this morning. If you are new, we'd like to say welcome to you. In the seat in front of you, there is a connection card that we'd like for you to fill out. And in just a few moments, we'll be passing the offering buckets down the aisles. And please put that in as your gift to us this morning. We'd love to connect with you and just keep you up to date with everything that's happening here at the assembly. Man, it has been just an incredible week of ministry, and I want to highlight a couple of ministries that are coming up. For you ladies, there is a Bible study starting this Tuesday with Priscilla Shire. It is called Breathe. We'd love to have you come out on Tuesday. Yeah, we have a couple of people who, uh, they're going, and so they'd love to have you join them. This Tuesday, it's in the Hospitality Center, and so that'll be a great time of just learning and growing together. Then we also have a special event for moms, and so we want to make you aware of that. That is on Friday, April 29th. It is all about mom night. And so we'd love to just have you come in. And as we celebrate that, uh, I've heard that there is fat-free, calorie-free ice cream gonna be offered that night. That's not true, but it is gonna be ice cream. Um, and so we'd love to have you guys come out. If you can RSVP, you can go online so we know who to expect. And we wanna make sure that we have enough for everyone, um, not just ice cream, uh, but they have a great night planned for you moms. And so as such, I'm not invited, but in honor of you, I will eat Bluebell that night um, and sit at home and pray for you guys. So excited about that. Well, this last Friday, we had, this Friday, we had a, a group of ladies who went to Teen Challenge in Shakota, Oklahoma. Um, it is a great opportunity for them to go and do a beautification project there. It is called Freedom House. Now, when I say Teen Challenge, you may think of teenagers, but this is for women 18 years and older who are struggling with just some things in life. And they come from a variety of different backgrounds, but they've gone there to focus on what God is going to do in their life. And so as such, we wanted to partner with them. And, and there was a group of ladies from our women's ministry who traveled on Friday, spent the day there planting flowers, uh, showing the love of Christ in a tangible way. And so we just wanna say thank you to all you ladies who went. We wanna say thank you. Just another example of the church being the church. And we believe that God has called us to do some incredible things. You'll remember that a year ago, Rich Wilkerson stood on this stage and talked about a church plant in Harlem. Today was the very first service for Trinity Church in Harlem. So we just wanna celebrate that. Rich Wilkerson's son, uh, Taylor, his wife, Kristen, have planted this church. They have turned a nightclub, what used to be a nightclub, into a house of worship. And because of your faithful giving, you have enabled us to support ministries, not only in Shakota, not only in New York City, but around the globe. And as our ushers move into position this morning, just wanna remind you that when you give above your tithes and offerings, when you designate that to neighbors and nations, you are giving uh, to just projects, not only here, but around the world. In less than a month, we'll be taking a team to go to Thailand to just minister to girls who would be at risk of entering into the, the sex trafficking. And we're going to go and bless them. And the way that we're able to do that is because you're sowing into ministries here that are reaping a harvest. And I just wanna tell you, thank you. As the outreach pastor here who oversees Neighbors and Nations, I just want to extend a thank you for all that you do. You may not go to those places, you may not see those faces, but here is what I'm telling you. When you sow in offerings like today, you are reaching people for the cause of Christ. And there is no greater honor than to see people come to know him. And you get to play a part in that. You may not go, but you sow. And it takes people like you who are generous, making sure that his name is advanced around the globe. So this morning as we pray and God speaks to you, I just pray that he would just remind you of his generosity, that you would feel his love. And as we just continue in this atmosphere of worship, you would be reminded of how good a God we serve. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. God, you are doing things right now. We thank you right now for Pastor Taylor who is preaching in Harlem. God, we thank you for the lives that will be changed, for people who will come to a saving knowledge of who you are because of churches like this that see beyond these walls. God, we thank you for what you're doing in Shakota. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in Thailand. We thank you for what you're doing in Broken Arrow. We thank you for what you've done in our hearts and lives. And today, God, we give out of what you've given to us. And we just say thank you for all that you are and all that you've been and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
one more time. Let's say thanks to this great worship team, all of you. As Pastor Justin was telling you about the church that's having its opening Sunday in Harlem today, I received a text from Rich Wilkerson, who is there with his son, and he said, standing room only. I could see the pic. The place is packed. People standing around the back walls. Jesus is building his church, and it's so exciting. Love it. Hey, on May 4th, for your kids, your grandkids, we're going to have a great time. Our children's ministry team has so many things planned. It's going to be called May the 4th Be With You. Going to have an action scene that they're going to do out on the property to challenge the kids with a great message about the difference between good and evil, and then hot air balloons, inflatables, and if you notice, we're going to have hot dogs, and I'm really excited about trying Jedi juice. So you are invited, spread the word, it will be a great time for you and all your neighbors, bring them out. This is part of the neighbors, and then you've heard today about reaching out beyond Broken Arrow, even across this this state, this nation, and then around the world. So it's a great vision. Thanks for being a part of it. We're in the series called Keys, and we're looking for those keys to access the life we want, the life. You talk to people about where they are and what it is they need the most or want the most, and they will reference that they want fulfillment. They want a life that works. They want a life that is maximized. They don't want to just live days. They want to really experience this, this kind of life that we're made to feel is possible. There's a lot of things out there that attract us, but they don't have a lasting fulfillment to them. They don't work. We've all tried those things, and maybe you're even trying some of those now, and you're on a search. We're going to see a picture of that life, and again, look at how do we access it. A picture of the life I'm talking about is in Psalm 1, verse 3. Psalm 1, verse 3, I will read it again. It says, of the life we can know, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. So that's the metaphor. You're in the right place. You're in a good place. You're in a healthy place. Because you're in a right place, you've surrounded yourself with the right things, the right people, the right resources. Then what can happen in your life is like what happens with a tree. Bearing fruit each season. Now, when a tree bears fruit, it is because it has so much life on the inside, it's actually excess life. And so there's enough life to bear fruit that can be a blessing to others. So get a picture of the fulfillment. So much life inside of you that there is enough for you to then impact, influence, help other people. Man, I want that. It says, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So we're looking at keys, and we've seen a couple. of This life is, is activated by surrender. I need something that I don't have. These resources come from the outside in. I don't have it within myself to have the life that I really want to live. I don't know how many days I'm going to have, how many years. You don't, but the ones we do, we want to make the most of them. And so, we see the challenge here of, of a life that is dependent on resources that come from the Lord. So, this fullness, this overflow, this contentment, this influence, that is what we are after. So, we surrender to God. That's the first key. And then we enter this process because staying planted Keeping the atmosphere around you healthy, that's a process. Season to season is a process. There is a growth track that you are on in having this life we're talking about today. So I want to show you this process in Ephesians 3. So take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 3 with me because this is the meat of the message today. Ephesians chapter 3, looking at a prayer that Paul prayed and we are going to start at verse 14. Paul says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So you see there, it's an inside job. Starts in my heart. Let's continue that same thought. 
Verse 17. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Some of you have been around church long enough to where you've heard someone say to you that you can ask Jesus into your heart. Some of you have heard that for many years. And, and the idea is that this creator God, this amazing God, this great God, somehow takes up residence or makes our heart his home. And we accept Jesus and we become followers of Jesus. We're saved. But we want to make sure that we see what it really means for our hearts to be his home. When I ask Jesus into my heart, and let, let's say that this, this table represents my heart. It's the center of everything that I am. And I ask Jesus into my heart, and we come in and we get acquainted, but then Jesus maybe gets marginalized. And Jesus is kind of over in the corner of my life, and he watches as I come and go, and we greet each other along the way, and I will occasionally ask questions. He will occasionally, like, this might be a good idea, but he's not really at the control center, but he is in my life. I've got him tacked in. I, I, I have him present, but he's not prominent. He's there, but he's not dominant. And when Paul is praying here that Christ would be allowed to make his home in your heart, he's saying he wants to be center stage. He wants the power and comes in to rearrange things if needed. That your home begins to look exactly the way he wants it to look. It is an inside job. If I'm going to have the kind of life that makes a difference, it starts with Jesus being allowed to be at home at the control center of my life. So when I'm surrendering, I'm not surrendering to this church relationship with Jesus to where I think about him on a Sunday. I consider his word on a Sunday. That's having Jesus at the margins of life, maybe just kind of tacked on. There's no way to be the tree strong, planted with roots growing down deep and being effective with your life and having fulfillment if Jesus is just made part of your life. Jesus wants to be at home in your heart at the control center. Surrender to him. He's the one who's leading. We have the privilege to follow. Continue with me. Next sentence of verse 17. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. So now we're back to the, the tree metaphor. Roots that grow down deep so that you're planted. And notice you're planted in a good place, a healthy place. It says that your roots will grow down into God's love, not his judgment, not his anger, not his frustration, but that your roots of your heart will grow down into God's love. What he's saying is that you would obsess over the love of God. If you know your love, then it leads you to feeling and experiencing acceptance. If you know your love, it shapes and influences your identity. Acceptance and identity are critical to a healthy life. Knowing you're accepted and accepted by God and that who you are is shaped by the fact that he has made you, he loves you, has a plan for you, and that his grace in your life isn't based on what you've done, but what he's done, and you begin to literally obsess in the love of God. And as you are taking in that love, it is so amazing that there's this fullness that comes into your life so much that it becomes excess life, so you start bearing fruit. We don't want to come up to the love of God as though it's this small stream, and it's real, and it's, it's good, but it's small. And we ask Jesus to make our heart his home, and we see that stream of his love, but then we step over that stream and go into other things of God. This love of God, it's... Let me use the Colorado River for a moment. <clears throat> I saw a documentary that says the, the Colorado River, without it, there are several states that could not exist. 
not just Colorado, several states. There are 40 million people that are dependent on the Colorado River. Now with that in mind, notice what he continues to say, verse 18. That you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Paul is praying, enter a process. What's the process? Power on the inside. Jesus being at home in your heart, at the control center. And then you would be rooted and grounded in this love where you're meditating on it. You're processing the love of God. You are finding your delight in the love of God. You're not just stepping over the small stream of his love. You are literally living dependent on this wide, long, high, and deep, incredible resource of the love of God. And as you do, you're like a tree. That river that is talked about in Psalm 1, see it as the love of God. And the strength of the tree is dependent on staying immersed in the kind of resource that Paul is saying is the very power of his love. Our roots grow down deep and we realize just how big the love of God is. And in verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. The New Living Translation says, may you have the knowledge of Christ and his love that surpasses knowledge. So he's praying that we will know something that's too great to really know. So NIV says that we would experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. This process where I'm experiencing the power of his love on the inside, I am experiencing the love of Jesus at the center of my life. I'm delighting in, meditating on, obsessing in this river of love. I then move beyond words on a page and facts and Bible stories. I am starting to experience something that's too great for words. It's where your knowledge becomes an experience. And yet when you experience it, you can't articulate it, but you know that you know that you are receiving something so powerful. This is what we're seeing. The tree that's planted has so much life that it can give life. John writing about the life of God says that we could know this life that is abundant. It's so abundant that you get excess to give to others. He says it's life to the what? The full. That it is life overflowing. John writing about this even captured the idea of a spring. It says it's like it will well up on the inside until it just overflows. You're so full that it begins to flow from you to others around you. Because you are moving beyond facts. You're moving beyond just understanding the, the gospel story. You are experiencing that story. It's real to you. One commentator said it this way. This is God revealing God. No one can make God known to you better than God. This is God revealing God. This is, yes, you may have sat in a small group and you may have heard more sermons than you can count. This is where you move beyond keys and steps and principles and precepts and you are literally experiencing the reality of what you've been reading, of what you've been seeing as you process what you see of Jesus in the Word. He goes beyond logic. It goes beyond explanation. It goes beyond points and principles. And in this day where there's so much opportunity to learn, you can Google anything and you can get all the info. Let's not separate the fact that we can experience God 
along with knowledge of God until you are knowing what you could never learn by studying. That's a level that Paul is praying for. And let's, let's pray for the very same. See, I, I am not today trying to talk in such a way that you reach this point of saying, okay, I agree with Ron's conclusions about Jesus. I haven't come to, I can't talk you into this. I have come to just open up the scripture, but with a prayer that God would reveal God. Because if God reveals God to you, no matter what's happened in your history, you will not be able to get away from that reality that God has burned into your thought process. And it'll change you forever. God revealed God. And then notice what happens. Then you will be made complete. So often we feel fragmented. He says, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of what life and power that comes from God. The New Living Translation says that you would be filled with all the fullness. We all know what it's like to be full physically. The older I get, the more aware of different diets I am because it's so, man, I can look at food and gain weight. There was a time, Elijah, I could, I could eat a pizza like at 30 minutes before I went to bed and not gain a pound. But that was then. This is now. I can think about pizza and I can, I can feel myself gaining weight. We all know what it is to be full. There's one diet that says, here's a good diet. You eat until you're full. And once you're full, stop. But if you eat fast, like you can go 20 minutes without thinking about it, I'm telling you, that diet doesn't work. I would like to report to you today, that does not work. Then there's the Atkins diet. And for those of us who don't like, you know, vegetables, thank God for the Atkins diet. You can eat bacon. You can eat, you can eat all kinds of meat. It's awesome. So everybody here, we're acquainted with the idea of what it's like to be full physically. Here's the question. When is the last time you felt full spiritually? It says here that Christ will fill you with all the fullness of who he is. Another word for fullness is contentment. What you're seeing here is that when you're filled with all the fullness of Christ, there's so much life in you that you find yourself bearing fruit. And it doesn't matter what season, because it's in every season. Some seasons are harder than others. Each season has its uniqueness and its distinction from the previous season. But those things that are on the outside don't determine your effectiveness. It's what's on the inside of you. If you're being filled with the fullness of Christ, then you're bearing fruit every season. You're gaining strength. You're thriving. There's a, a vitality about you. So now, let's just see it sync up all together. Paul has made this amazing prayer, and notice how he concludes it. Verse 20, now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. This prayer, he has asked a lot. And in this prayer, he has asked big. He has asked that the Holy Spirit, by his might, would strengthen you and me on the inside. He has asked that Christ would make his home in our hearts where he's in control. He has asked that we would be rooted and grounded in this love that's wide, high, long, and deep. He has asked that we would experience the knowledge of this love that is past finding out. He has asked that we would be filled with all the fullness of Christ. And then when he moves from there, he says, Now, Lord, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that I have asked 
And it's according to the power that is at work in us. So you and I can be the tree planted by the rivers of living water. Peter is this follower of Jesus that we've taken as an example of the key. The key here, again, is process. What's the process? It's all those requests that Paul made in that prayer, that we would make that prayer our prayer. And in this, I would like for you to be reminded that Peter, as he follows Jesus, comes on this day where Jesus is teaching people and he wants to use Peter's boat to get a greater vantage point in his teaching. So Peter has to surrender to that process, and he does, and Jesus teaches. Then Jesus looks at him and says, let's go fishing. Peter's like, well, I've fished all night. I haven't caught anything, and you don't fish at night, but I'll surrender to what you want to do. And in that, surrendering to the process of getting the nets out, casting them out, And you know the story. He caught so many fish that those nets almost broke and those boats almost sank. And at the end of that encounter, Peter says, you're the Messiah. His surrender and engaging the process led him to something that was past finding out. He had a revelation in his heart. Now, fast forward 18 months, Jesus is asking Peter and his followers to go into a city that they're not excited to go into. He wants them to go in and share who he is, and so they do it, and they come back together. They're huddled, and Jesus says, so what are you hearing? What are those people saying about who I am? And Peter speaks up and says, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Moses, some say you're one of the prophets. And Jesus says, Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You've been with me now almost two years and you've you've heard teaching, you've seen miracles, but something has just happened in your heart that goes beyond knowledge. You've just received this from heaven. So he has this experience of what he's been hearing and what he's been seeing that's this undeniable, life-changing encounter. Take it on up to where Peter denies Jesus and then Jesus ultimately dies on the cross, rises again, and some days later, Peter is back fishing. Jesus comes to the shore and calls out and Peter dives into the water, comes to the shore and he has this amazing encounter with Jesus He's watched Jesus forgive people. For three years, he's watched him encounter people that were were marginalized and ostracized because of the life they were living. I mean, he's right there with Matthew, who was a tax collector. He's with these people known for their past that he's watched Jesus forgive and make his own and make them followers. But yet, on that shore that day, Peter experiences this love and forgiveness of Jesus. It's this personal encounter that went beyond everything he'd ever learned. So here's where we are today. I don't know how long you've been in church and how many sermons you've heard and how many small group settings you've been in. In my lifetime, I've been in a lot because I had the incredible privilege of being raised with a Christ-centered home and being taken to church. And I had teachers and leaders that so often reinforce God's Word. But let me tell you that along the way, and it would be true of today, there are times where we need to say, God, I need you to reveal yourself. Because I can tell you about David and Goliath I can tell you about Daniel in the lion's den. I can tell you about Shadrach, Meshach in the fiery furnace and Abraham and Sarah. And I can tell you about Adam and Eve. I can tell you about Samuel who came and anointed David. I can tell you those stories 
of Matthew and Mark, these fishermen like Peter and his brother Andrew who became followers of Jesus. Matthew, a tax collector. I can tell you the stories. I can tell you scripture that's been embedded in my heart over the years. But there are times that I need something that surpasses knowledge. There are times I need the Holy Spirit to scoop all of that information over the years. I need Him to scoop it all up and somehow impact it in such an anointed way into my heart that it's God revealing God. God revealing God. Where are you today? Let's find ourselves in the process. Are you needing that power on the inside? Are you needing to invite Jesus from being just in the corner of the home of your heart to the center of your heart? Is the root system of your life needing to go deeper? Have you not been thinking about the love of Jesus enough? And as a result, you're struggling with acceptance or identity Value. Are you content? Are you? When's the last time you've been spiritually full? So full. So, do you see yourself somewhere in that process where you can apply a very specific prayer? And then as we move forward, we experience where we are at that level. And we watch the Holy Spirit do what only He can. With your eyes closed today, join me in surrender. Join in the process of where you are and what Jesus is doing. I'm going to pray for us and pray over us. But at first, I would just like Susie to lead in this song and let us contemplate grace. Let us contemplate love. Let us contemplate our life in relation to that love. And then we'll pray. flow of his love like a river is available where we can receive so I want to open up an opportunity for you to respond and I would do it this way if Christ needs to be allowed and ask to come to that center place if you need to surrender to him as the Lord as the leader as the one center stage then as we sing it you, I want you to come forward, find a place to seek him and to make that known to him and receive that. Maybe you are spiritually empty. Like if another word for fullness is contentment and you'd say, I'm just, I'm not content. And it's made you susceptible to things that could never really satisfy, but the enemy is really making them look attractive. 
you, you got the temptation going on and it's playing on the, on the emptiness, the lack of fulfillment in your heart and you would like to say, Lord, fill me with your fullness. You come. If you've struggled with who you are and why you are because you've not been immersing your thoughts in the love of God, then you come today. If you want God to reveal God, you come today. So you see the process. The invitation is for anybody and it's for everybody, wherever you are and whomever you are, to just respond to Jesus and allow his work to be done. So as we sing it again, start coming. Don't wait on the person next to you. Don't think about what they're doing because this is about life in you. You ready? In the name of Jesus, with everything you are, surrender to the process. Begin to come. This is a beautiful response.
Lord, your love is here so, so sweet, so pure, so powerful. You just let it come with such personal and gentle and specific ministry to our hearts. And it is forgiveness, healing, sense of hope. Even in your love, there's strength, Lord, to to move forward. Right now, we are experiencing what we have read. Your Holy Spirit is doing a work in our heart strengthening us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We receive it right now. God, you're revealing yourself. You're making yourself known. At times, David experienced you as a shelter. At other times, you were a shield. On another occasion, you were like this secret place and he was abiding under the shadow of your awesomeness. At times he saw you as a shepherd, a leader, who knew exactly what he needed and how to get him into that provision. You're revealing yourself today. You're showing yourself to each person in their story in the way that they can't deny. And it's your love. And that love casts out fear. That love overcomes, that love prevails. We receive from you, Lord. Just wait before him today. Just wait before the Lord. Let his Holy Spirit work. Let's just all lift our hands, sing that together. That's awesome. That's awesome.
Let's celebrate his awesome love today. Come on, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, and we receive your love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. What an incredible experience of his love. Walk in this, process in this, and just move forward in the life God has for you. God bless you. Have an awesome afternoon. You can stay and wait before the Lord as long as you like. Have a great day.